They say we sick with it, you better wear a mask They say we're moving towards the top, but we work like we're trash I mean these conversations happening, you shouldn't have asked We're the winners of the future, not a slave to the past You said we never ever make it, and I'm saying you lied Tune in every Monday, press play, share, and subscribe Your invoice has been processed, bring me my money, don't hide Don't play with me, I'm kingdom and I'm Southside Hey Tweety, what are you drinking over there? How's it went? all right guys so you caught us we are drinking our favorite coffee and that is hustle blends coffee hustle blends coffee is curated for visionaries um high performing people executors all of the above and we want to share this coffee with you so we have recently launched our coffee in a cold brew that's right packaged up just for you it can be delivered to your door anytime you want it to be delivered so while you're working on building that billion dollar plan and you're already getting your services from renown.tech go ahead and throw back a shot of coffee that is hustle blends shop hustle blends at www.hustleblends with a z Dot com. Coffee and Jesus all day, baby. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Million Dollar Conversations Podcast. It's your girl, Master P, where I am sharp like cheddar and sour like an amaretta. Do you hear me? I am the wife, the baby mama, and all of those things to Mr. Heavy Ragu, Mr. Red Velvet, Mr. Teddy Pendergrass, Mr. Uh, Mr. Barry, uh, Barry Black, Mr. Uh, Kenya Meets Texas, Mr. Akuna Matata. Do you hear me? Mr. I put mayo on everything because that's my life and that's my business. Mr. Iced Tea, Sweet Tea, Mr. Put the whole five pound bag of sugar in my drink. Do you hear me? That is none other than Heavy Ragu. What did I say? Heavy. Heavy. Heavy ragu. <laughs> yeah, we, we doing name brand ragu over here, okay? Name brand marinara, all right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mr. Kanye East Africa. Oh, man. <laughs> what an intro. I feel like I'm a I feel like I'm a I feel like I'm a guest on the podcast. I like this intro. We're going to keep this intro. Uh, you know, it's your boy, uh, none other than Heavy Emphasis on heavy, heavy ragu, aka Mr. Red Velvet, aka Mr. I came with the sauce uh-huh. and it's dripping on the way out. Oh my god, get the mop! <laughs> yeah, get Somebody the mop. Get the mop. But we in the building. We inside. You know, we inside. We in the building. This is million dollar conversations where we come with million dollars worth of conversations. What else? What else? And who needs to be listening to million dollar conversations? If you got your homeboy or your homegirl, they talking and they like, man, you know, we really serious about this relationship stuff and we just need some guidance. We need some, you know, we need some godly wisdom about this. But we also not trying to get something too serious. We want to laugh with it. We want something we can ride to on the way to work, on the way back from the bank, on the way back from the grocery store. This is the podcast for you. You can listen to this anywhere in the gym. You can listen to it while you are uh, running the treadmill, laugh a little bit, 
get serious and, 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 and let's talk about God. Let's talk about love. Let's talk about relationship. This is Million Dollars Conversation. All right. Yeah, that's nice and everything. But this is really for your homegirl um, who is short on rent this month and she had to go make some plates. All right. So she went ahead and she went to save a lot and she got about 16 pounds worth of catfish. She fried them and she came up on, on, on a big bag. All right. All right. That That's for that chick. All right. Who knows how to hustle at the very last minute, but is tired of hustling at the last minute, do you? You hear me? All right. This is for them kids out there that's like, man, I got this million dollar idea, but all these adults don't take me seriously on here and I'm getting tired of it because, you know, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you're new to this podcast, we start off with a little shum, 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 And first of all, we want to thank everybody who listens to this podcast, everybody who tunes in, who shares it, who's reviewed it, who's just given us just really kind words, um, personal personally um or just on social media about it it means so much to us y'all um just having a transparent moment man like you know when we had pressy uh which is our son um you know we were like man we want to hop back on the podcast but when do we do it we over that well i think i was overthinking you know man you know he's gonna cry or he's gonna do this or how we're gonna manage this when he sleeps and we need to sleep when he sleeps and all these different things but um you know god made it so that he's like look y'all talk about this kind of stuff anyway press record and keep going you know the listeners are going to listen people who love it are going to love it so y'all have no idea how much it means to us when you just share this podcast we love hearing what you have to say but we also want to know that you shared it with somebody somebody who loves podcasts somebody who just said they have an interest in it so anyway, but shum, 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 this is our part of the podcast where we just share shum, 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 that you may not have known about us. And then quiet as it's kept, we may not have even known about each other because they're just really random questions. So Tweety, tell me three things that you now do just almost inherently, almost like just automatically now that you have lived through a pandemic. Wake up early. Shut up. I do. I, I mean, it's to my standard of early. Okay, now let, 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 let's. I, I was never a morning person. I think Preston is the reason you wake up early. Hey, look, this is my turn. The, okay. This is my turn to express my things. First one is wake up early. I've I I used to be more of a late night, you know, stay up late, late at night and just you know do whatever needs to be done. But I'm more of a morning person now. Um, another thing. Um, that I do now after the pandemic, I mean, I'd be watching people a little bit closer on some, like, if we at the grocery store and you didn't give me my six feet. Mm-hmm. I'm very serious about my six feet. I need my seven feet, actually. Yeah. Six feet ain't enough. Honestly, like, we, our standards have gotten very low because it used to be give me 50 feet. Hmm. That? Yeah, but I feel like, you know, there's moments where I've been at the grocery store pre-pandemic and people like really breathing down your neck i've had somebody in my pocket inside of my pocket with the <laughs> lint in the back of my pocket Ooh. i don't I'm know it's okay <laughs> so all right we love white people <laughs> that's our disclaimer um but you know have you ever heard the aggressive breathing of a white man who like owns a ranch do, do the accent I, do the accent his name is usually tom Okay. okay, he has on a giant. I'm setting the scene. Okay, he has like a giant belt buckle, 
and you don't want to ask him a question and honestly with these kind of white men you don't really have to ask them a question for them to speak because they got the answer anyway so you know you're they may see you walking into your car <sighs> had me a ford like that too <laughs> it's run good yes sir it runs good i sure miss it it was with my first wife kathy it was really nice you take care of her okay all right thank you thank you tom all right but anyway all right so anyway that that was going with your six feet but go ahead to your third thing um third thing is i don't think i really have a third thing like i feel like if i really there's only a couple of things that changed i was already like a introvert introvert extrovert type of person depending on the vibes um i think i just those are the the two things i can't find a third one all right so i'm gonna pick up from mr heavy ragu because he's dripping on the floor but um i would say three things that i now do now that i have lived through a pandemic one is every time i see a case of water i get it every time no matter what and not like on a a psycho you know like greedy like i'm gonna take the last i'm gonna fight somebody for the last the case of water but i just out of now habit i just grab it um i freak out a little bit when we get to, down to the last roll of toilet paper <laughs> i don't know why i just do um and i now am extremely thankful that it is no longer a norm to shake hands I don't know what it is. I don't know if anybody else has ever experienced this, but like I have always like hated the part of a professional meeting when you have to shake somebody's hand. I just hate it so much. I hate it. Hate it. I will hug somebody. And I know that's not like the professional setting doesn't call for that. But like when you shake somebody's hands, like let's be honest, if we are honest, if we are all being honest, all right. This is be this is Beatrice. All right. If we're on, if we're all honest, uh, we all scratch our booty. We all pick our nose. We all, you know, pick up a crumb from 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 somewhere and we eat it. Like our hands are never actually very, 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 very clean. Like if we're all being honest, like yes, we all wash our hands. I understand that we all take pride of it. We all keep hand sand on us. But somewhere between that last squirt of hand sand or that last wipe from washing your hands, your hands probably have gone somewhere. And you know how I know you lying for the, somebody out there who's listening to this time. I always wash my hands. I don't know what they talking about. Their hands must be dirty. You know, because it's always somebody to get takes it very personal when when statements like these are made and that's fine sis that's really fine but what i'm trying to say is like nobody actually consciously notices that they scratch their booty yes they do honestly like i feel like scratching your boot i feel like scratching your booty is kind of like just a force of nature it's just it just kind of happens you don't think so i disagree okay. booty scratches know when they scratching their booty because they be doing it so hard but it's so wrong. You don't do it they deep. dig deep. Okay. They're going for gold. And you're like, wait, you're digging in the middle. Okay, like when you're scratching your booty, you think it's on the side, right? But sometimes I do a gentle booty scratch. I don't scratch booty. <laughs> you don't scratch your booty. No. You ain't your booty is never itched. I will like scoot. <laughs> I will scoot. <laughs> but I'm not digging. You never just had no, it's not a dig. It's just a little That's no, that's digging. <laughs> no booty scratching never, allowed. Okay. No. You never like just no. gently No. Just, 
It's not that I've never. See, I don't. I, really, when I do that, I am on some like bummy vibes. Okay, that's what I'm saying. But if you're out in public, you're talking about handshakes and stuff, and I'm like, where do you get the okay, time? So, okay, all right. Have you ever picked a wedgie before you got out the car? Yes. Everybody has. Yes. Okay, that is the equivalent. But of no, no, no. on the outside, no, on the outside, there's a difference. <laughs> okay, there's those people. What, what do you okay. think I'm saying? Okay, what do you think I'm saying, Tweety? Okay. You got to understand, Patrice, there is two different types of booty scratchers, mm-hmm. okay? There is the polite, I have a wedgie, okay. or I have a slight, it's going to be real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going to do the sound effects. I'm going to do the sound effects. <laughs> I'm going to do a little razzle-dazzle, a little <laughs> And then there's those... <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Walmart and I was sitting at the little wheelchair thing and I got up <laughs> and my dress is stuck. So I, I put my hand inside the dress. First, they go for the first layer, the underwear. Yes. Then they get the outside layer, which is like the dress. Mm-hmm. Then they get to sniffing. There's people who are sick, man. Okay, so you proved my point. Everybody between and so I'm pretty sure the person who gently, politely, and very gracefully scratched their booty. No, they, they did a little. Pss, pss. Okay, when they did this. <laughs> okay, when they did that before they got out the car. Before they did it, they squirted some hand sanitizer on their hand. Did they not? No, they didn't. They. Did. <laughs> they don't think about okay, things like. So so before it sounds like I'm incriminating myself, I keep my hands clean, but I also do not like happily reach for somebody else's hand to touch or anything like that because I know what people do with their hands all right and also like as a child my hands always sweat so like I always got tired of the reaction people would get from like touching my hand like especially like in those kid games where you have to like hold your hands to make a circle you remember that it was like a form of bullying people would be like ew your hands sweat <laughs> I think for me it's been like Okay, okay. I, I I won't incriminate myself, but it's not been booty scratching. But like you know, you got to reposition on the front end. Like oh, okay. it, if if you're lopsided, you got to reposition your things. And yeah, and then you know you're back to life. You're like, oh, I can breathe now. Mm-hmm. But back in now, nah, like we're just gonna let like I walk it out. Have you ever had to walk it out? Uh, on occasion, yeah. You sometimes you gotta walk it out. Digging, I don't I don't prescribe to that. Because I've been embarrassed by a parent of mine. I'm not going to say who, Nash. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do story time real quick. One time I was in school, and this is middle school, and I was uh, supposed to meet with my counselor. My dad walks in there, hand deep. <laughs> when I mean deep in the booty, deep. He's a heat, you know, he, my dad is just naturally hilarious, but he was unintentionally doing this. Mm. He walks in there and the teacher pulls him aside like, we can't do that. He's like, do what? <laughs> what is what he say? Do what? Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I was so embarrassed when I was put in there and he was just still. He was still, <laughs> still going. Dick. He didn't stop. He didn't stop. He said, you won't stop my day. <laughs> okay, so like people don't really know that. People do not know that they are scratching their booty, or what well, your daddy had to—he had to have known that he was 
putting his puzzle together. Mm-hmm. He had to. But anyway, y'all. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our faith conversation. All right. We've been having some really dope conversations over these past few weeks about just different things as far as like being a millennial and faith and just, you know, struggling in different areas or maybe just having bouts with your mental health um, and just going to God about those things um, and all of that. So, Tweety, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about building a solid foundation of faith. Mm-hmm. And how do we do that? So let me ask you a question, Patrice. Um, what's one transparent moment of not necessarily losing faith, but um, really depending on somebody else to give you the word or give you that encouragement to get back to faith? Can you Ooh. remember one moment? Yeah, of course I can. Okay, so um, in college, um, I just it was it was a dark time, and I feel like most people can attest to that being their college experience, feeling like you know they were enduring some 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 forms of warfare that they may not have been ready for, and you either like you know you either like went with it or went against it, pretty much, and so. Um, for me, um, I had joined um, the campus choir, the, the, yeah, the campus choir, and also joined a campus ministry. And so in this campus choir, we, you know, we got to do praise and worship. And I wasn't like a singer, 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 but, you know, like I get in the back, you know, get in the alto section, you know, so it's like 800 altos and like two sopranos holding it down and like, you know, a couple of tenors in there. Um, and I was in the alto section. Um, and, you know, sing my little doo pop pop but it was a good experience of fellowship. And then in campus ministry, um, that was cool. Um, and we kind of just touched on different things. And, you know, um, it, it felt that my, my introduction to Christianity at that point was on some like, you know, wait for your husband like it it, kind of went through the millennial like checkpoint list like you know wait for your husband and Beyonce's the devil and um you know don't listen to secular music and this and that like it it gave me a lot of the what's you know according to somebody else's holy spirit given revelation but it did not give me like a lot of whys and so like i remember in that time like heavily leaning on um just the things that i was told and i felt like i became very legalistic like i felt like i became very like oh my gosh you 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 are the head usherette at church and you are listening to the Osley brothers how dare you you know like I, I became on some of that stuff and i realized that like you know in christ you know you're supposed to develop connections with people um and you're supposed to be able to reach people you're supposed to be able to love people and you also are supposed to practice repentance for yourself and your soul daily um and i felt like i the arriving at this holier than thou space was not me walking with christ it was me adopting a pharisee mindset um where where i felt like i was doing the right thing so in that moment, who did you actually have that conversation with? Because I believe as believers, sometimes the people we surround ourselves or that when we were in the dark, like we like to say, mm-hmm. and we didn't know God and, and somebody was there to shine that light mm-hmm. or open that door. Um, I'll give you an example. For me, I was in sort of like you, a campus ministry in Bryan, Texas. And um, this one uh, Christian brother of mine, kept showing up at at my house randomly mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, how are you doing? I would love to, you know, pick you up at the time I didn't have no car. So it's like, I'd like to pick you up and, you know, come to, you know, an event with us. 
And he'd come and he'd see that I was already in darkness, but he didn't point out my darkness. Like he wasn't like, Tweety, why are you smoking right now? Tweety, why are you drinking right now? He could see it for himself. Mm-hmm. But to me, I felt like that was more of a light than anybody giving me John 316 or anybody giving me um, <clears throat> a verse to think on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we jump to that so much before we even get to know the person. Man. So the reason why I brought it up is it's not to just say, oh, man, I joined this and this happened. It's to open up our or even our, our, our remembrance on those moments of like, man, dang, I appreciate you for seeing the person, you know, the soul in me. Okay, so now I have to ask you a question. What is the most off-putting way somebody has approached you about, like, following Christ or joining church? Um, I've, I've been told uh, before that, you know, ah, oh, Tweety, you're a great teacher. Uh, one day you'll be able to be a great teacher like me or one day you'll be able to you know read the way I read like it's always been on like a little bro syndrome like you know I see the gift in you but that gift need to be worked but I'm I'm saying like when somebody recognized that you may have been like on the fence of like joining church or like walking with Christ and or maybe they just assumed you were maybe you know because I think sometimes people just kind of size people up Mm -hmm. sometimes um, and just assume what they know or they don't but what was one way someone may have approached you to try to get you to come to church or join a ministry or join this or join that? Um, and you were like, eh, that put a bad taste in my mouth. Um, it's two instances I remember. One was with you and another one was um, my old, old, old church. Um, and it was on some, I'll give you more responsibility so I keep you. Mm-hmm. Like, so, no, come teach. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you know, y- you did great. Like, almost like, giving me things so that I could feel like I'm important so I can stay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second time was we went to like a Valentine's dinner and like, it was just so like, it was an older crowd. It was an older crowd, (laughs) but like everything surrounded was like, this is how you'll be when you're married. Uh Like wait till you, people prayed on us. Right. Young couple. Right. So wait till you get married. Like this is, and then I should, I remember a third incident was like uh, we had showed up to like our old 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 friends. I don't even consider them friends. We showed up to a, uh, an acquaintance's church before, off the whim of like we're looking for a home church, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like, I mean, since y'all here, like I guess we do have to. Like it was very just. I don't know how to explain it. Like it just didn't feel like natural like it felt very forced on our end too just kind of like showing up and it's like dang it's supposed to be a good vibe got good people but it never clicked all right so one of my most cringy moments that someone was trying to bring me to christ um was i was sitting in the student center on my campus and i was really just minding my business i believe i was like on my phone or something um just like scrolling or doing something like that and somebody approached me um, who was a part of the campus ministry that I was a part of that previous year, but hadn't like attended any of the sessions since the year started. So this may have been like fall and she had on like this ring or whatever. Um, and she was like, uh, and, you know, she's like, hey. And I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, I thought she knew me or, you know, something like that. But, I, you know, small talk. Hey, how you doing? It don't cost nothing to say hey. And um, then she's like, you know, like, do you love Jesus? And I was like, yeah. 
<laughs> like I, I didn't know how where this was going, but I was like, yeah, girl, like yeah. And she's like, like, like how you know you love Jesus? And I was like, I know I love him. I know he's the keeper of my soul. I know, like I, I was like, am I being interviewed? Is the, where's the camera? Like, am I? What did I? It, how much money is attached to this interview? You know, like I'm, I was really just trying to figure out where she was going with that. And um, she was like, you know, like is he like your boo? She said that I like my I cringed and I was like, oh, where is she going with this? And then so the ring she had on, she was like, you know, like your boo, like your your man. And I was like, um, we're the bride of Christ, <laughs> like you know what I mean, like. And so she was pretty much saying all of that to try to get me to come to a Bible study that I did not know was happening. But after that, like I sure didn't want to go <laughs> either. So I, you know, I just happened to have been sitting outside of where the Bible study, like the conference room that they were having it, and she, I guess she thought she was trying to like you know gather me, you know, and um. I wasn't gathered. I I went the other way. And so I said that I asked that question because I believe that we've all been guilty. Not we've all, but many of us, at least I know I have, have been guilty of possibly um, scaring someone away um, while in the midst of trying to earn their soul. You know, I was a, a big believer in that your life will speak about Christ before your words would. Man, come on. So, like, I, I want to get to know you and see that Christ in you over time. Yeah. So this guy's name was Ben. Like, every time I was around him and his wife or the campus ministry, it was always nothing but Christ. Mm-hmm. Even in the frustrating moments. At the time, they were trying to conceive. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, this is somebody in their 30s. I'm 18-year-old. I'm like, oh, one day mm-hmm. it'll happen. Yeah, bro. Like, back to my little, you know, smoking session, doing my own thing. Um but he was so transparent and like, nah, man, I'm writing prayers to God, like, you know, mm. about it. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's a little frustrating, but we're just going to continue to serve the Lord. And like the money they would make from the ministry, he would actually have to use it to like live. Like yeah. it wasn't no lavish lifestyle. Like I'm out here, which is ain't nothing wrong with that either. Mm-hmm. But like he was truly doing campus ministry. Mm-hmm. And what I want to say to that and the reason why the question was brought up is that sometimes our mind as believers jumps into that Pharisee mindset Mm -hmm. quicker than it does to the Christ mindset. Mm -hmm. And the Christ mindset is even though you're a sinner, I can sit next to you. Yeah. Even though you (laughs) you hate me, I can still love you. Right. I can still share the, the gospel with you without compromise, without compromise and with authenticity and non gimmicky, non corny, non. Is he your boo? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, girl, what? <laughs> but, but that's according to what she knew. Where she, yeah, exactly. And so, her intentions. And so and so that's another thing. I feel like, you know, if you are in a position where because she didn't know whether I knew Christ or anything, she didn't know whether I knew a can of paint, but I was able to understand her intentions. I was just uncomfortable with her delivery. And so that's just another thing, like discerning. You know what somebody's intentions could be like maybe they they just trying to say hey sis can i pray for you and they just awkwardly say it you know being able to see somebody's heart right so i think i think when it comes to faith like you always need somebody who's going to sharpen your iron yes you're always going to need somebody in every season of my life i've always had that 
um, even in that season of darkness of really not knowing Christ, like Christ presented people in front of me who would walk me through the word and not necessarily even teach me, but like remind me of what I knew. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we go to people as if we think they don't know. They might know more than you do, mm-hmm. even if they don't believe. Mm-hmm. 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 That part. So that part. The, the 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 hunger and the and the and the the way we approach people it has to come with love mm-hmm. first. Like we want to correct so fast. Like it's so easy for people to correct. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it says right here in Matthew chapter twenty-one, verse ten. Da 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 It says here in Jeremiah. It, like, slow down. They don't know your name, sis. They don't know. <laughs> they don't. They don't know your name, bro. Like, yeah. get to know who you're talking to. Right. That. That Holy Spirit given revelation, it comes from the Holy Spirit, not your mind. The reason why you get into the awkward moments and situations like that is because you jump straight to what your mind said. Well, I I know they're dealing with this for sure. This is what I see Mm -hmm. with my natural eyes. Well, you're looking with the wrong eyes. Oh, man. You need to look at it from the spiritual eyes. In order to do that, you have to be around them long enough. Yo, I could I could touch on that. Um, one time I went to church with someone, um, and you know the spirit moved, and I wanted to get prayer at the end of it. Um, and I was just in a very broken place. I was just confused about a lot of things, and you know I was like eighteen or nineteen, and I feel like that was like the darkest time of my life. Um, and so as I was getting prayer, or as I was preparing to get prayer, the lady who approached me took the mic, and she started praying about me losing weight. <laughs> like she started praying about me losing weight. She started praying about like you know help her to feel great about herself when she lose weight. Like since I was not up there for that, <laughs> I was not up there for that. It's so cringy, um, but I wasn't. That was not what I needed. That's not what I wanted prayer for. Like I mean, just because that's what you saw or you felt or you felt like I should probably lose weight, that in no way, shape or form was what I needed. I was broken. And as a result of that, I sure wouldn't any more put together after leaving that I was embarrassed. I felt so many different types of ways because I and then I'd already had a bad taste in my mouth of church before that. You know what I'm saying? Like I already was like it took you don't know what it took for me to get up out the seat to get to the altar you have no idea what every step took for me and for me to for me to get up here and for you to feel like i'm just going to showcase my prophetic skills and for you to be wrong sis and i was i walked away in tears and i really think she thought she, <laughs> <laughs> i really think she thought like she moved me and i was so hurt okay <sighs> okay that, that, that touches on a great point you know i believe that there's a place where we try to move in place of God man or we try to like help God do what he needs to do mm-hmm. and that's the that's the point excuse me that's the point where we get gimmicky mm-hmm. that's the point where we lose believers or, or people who want to be believers mm-hmm. is that we we get to a place where we 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 misunderstand what the Holy Spirit is saying mm-hmm. And we want to add our own sauce. Everybody know what sauce is. Mm-hmm. Sauce is like, I want the claps. Mm-hmm. I want, like, in order to move the crowd and in order to do this, I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the right things to say to, to, to people, 
not everybody, most people or some people who know who are going to get up in a pulpit know the right things to say to move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I say this, they're going this, to, this is the high point of the, mm-hmm. the, the, the message or whatever. But what I want to touch on or ask you is in the, in that moment, like, how did you feel when you realized that Christ lived and died for you and that you had like that fire? Because when I when I finally got the fire of like yo I'm I'm a new creature I'm a I'm a you know like I'm, I'm on fire for Christ like and I wanted to run and tell the people I was around, mm-hmm. it was quickly halted by the Holy Spirit for me because it was like yo get this word deep enough to where when you go you're not convinced to go back, like get the word deep enough in mm-hmm. you. Like, and I was almost immediately like secluded and like excluded from conversations that initially I was a part of, Mm. but then I felt so alone, Mm. but I'm like, I'm a believer. Like, I I thought this was supposed to be like a celebration. They celebrating in heaven. Like, why are they not celebrating down here? Like, what's Mm. going on? Mm. But I didn't realize God was actually like saving me Mm -hmm. by putting me in a bubble and I think that was actually the right the, the time I met you. Yep, we were both bubbled. And I was put in this <laughs> bubble of like, no, you need to be alone. Yeah, yeah. You don't need new friends. You don't need new things. Yes. You need to be alone. And sometimes we find ourselves in those moments and we're like, no, I, I need to go surround myself with people because I'm going, going bananas. But God is like really trying to get you to like get rid of some toxic things yeah. that you are calling normal. Right. Um, but even touching on um, what we talked about is that I think the right approach when you notice somebody is dealing or struggling in, in the area of faith or that you see that that light hasn't been on in a while is not to run up to him like, yo, do, do you know, Jesus? do you know, Jesus? <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, come on, rock with me. Yeah. I rock with Christ. Right. Let's read these scriptures right now during lunch break. Right. No, it's like, no, you know, like get to know them. Yeah. Get to understand their the things they're struggling with. Ask God to reveal some things that you can pray about right. so that you can bring in conversation with them mm-hmm. so it could be normal. Like, you know, it could be a conversation. It could be like we're building to something. To where if the Holy Spirit moves me to be like, hey, come to church, it's not going to be some corny stuff like mm-hmm. here's a pamphlet. Please come. Mm-hmm. Every Monday I'm showing up. Please come. Mm-hmm. You need this. Mm-hmm. I know what you're dealing with. you mm-hmm. you dealing with this. you dealing with that. Mm-hmm. You need it. It's mm-hmm. like I'm being you know, unfair to y- your situation, and I'm actually not getting to know you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, you sold that up. So, yeah, man. If you took nothing else from that, the faith conversation is that let's let's actually um, strive to have Christ connections with people, um, with loving people as as Christ loves us, um, but also just seeing past the very obvious things that you you believe could be wrong or um, with someone. So let's talk about Biz Naive. I think that's going to be my new intro for business. All right, y'all. So we have these. Um, these these topics um, in business where we like to just, you know, touch on different things about like starting businesses, continuing in business. We do not speak from a graduated place. All right. I'm being very honest there. Like we're not, you know, 
Yeah, we are absolutely learners. We're absolutely students. We are absolutely um, coming up on new things every single day and implementing them. Um, but we have a business. It's called Hustle Blends. Hustle Blends Coffee. Um, we are coffee roasters, um, and we have different blends for the visionary, the go-getter, all of those great things. All right, so today we're going to talk about the hustle culture in business. All right, um, I believe that, you know, so many people um, look at our business name and they're like, you know, Hustle Blends, okay, 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 okay. All right, you know, so y'all up all night in the lab with it. Y'all, y'all out there, you know, y'all, 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 you know, oh my God, y'all don't even blink because y'all can't lose, lose the sight of the vision. Like, you know, all of this stuff. Um, I don't think anybody's actually saying that, but, you know, pretty much saying like, do we support the hustle culture? Do we support the non-step, the non-stop, go get it, you have to get it type of situation? And I'm going to go ahead and start this conversation by saying that for, um, for us, we have now learned when you have to put things in sport and when you have to go ahead and cruise and not cruise, but, but, but be cognizant of your speed. Um, there are times where we have to pick up the absolute pace because look, these orders coming in and we still have jobs <laughs> and we still have a baby and we still have a podcast and we still are married and we have to look at each other at the end of the night and, and, be you know have have a level of contentment with where, how we served each other that day. So, Tweety, how do you approach the hustle culture? Um, I always reminded myself of what the hustle stands for us, mm -hmm. and for the for us, the hustle stands for help us see the light everywhere. And what that means is that we're representing Christ wherever we go, and sometimes we think that means that we got to slap it on. Everything, you know, we are Christ centered. We are Christ business. Well, if Christ is in you, I, I'm going to see it, everything. Yeah, I'm going to see it in your ethics. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see it in, in how you deliver it to people. Mm -hmm. Like, but, but back to just the hustle culture. Um, I believe that um, it's being sold to people and business, specifically business owners and uh, startup companies. I think it's it's being sold to the people who aspire business. Also to the people who are in business. Mm -hmm. um, that in order to go further, you have to, you know, lose sleep, which there's going to be some nights. That's very true. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to work harder. That is very true. But when we started, I, 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 when we started Hustle Blends, I always told myself that, you know, we're here to serve a community. We're here to serve a, a, uh, a industry in a different way. If I can't innovate, I'm not creating change. And in order to create that change, it's not about how fast I create the change. It's about creating the change that's best for that industry. Um, and moving fast is not always what's needed in certain areas. Right. And uh, people move fast because they're competing. People move fast because they're comparing themselves and they're, they're, they're looking at how far somebody else is to where they are. Like, think about that reel real quick. Think about the reel that says, you know, you just started that job, you know, da, 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 da. and just talking constantly about the things that you have left. And now you got to go hard and team no sleep mm -hmm. team. Go get it. You know, and it's like, well, that's great. But. 
some people getting it, but not getting it. Like you, you lost. But not getting like, you emphasize, but not, <laughs> but not getting it because yeah. you lost sleep. Yeah. But what did you actually do? Yeah. What did you gain anything? What What did you gain? We losing sleep. We gaining something. I can give you a, like it has to be tangible. Yeah. If I did, if I lost sleep, function. right? There has to be a functional functionability. That's a, is that a word? English? It is, it is. All right. There has to be a functionability of how you do what you do. So I really want to, um, because I don't want to use this opportunity to scrutinize, but I want to say there are two words that every every business owner, aspiring business owner, um, serial entrepreneur, multi-million dollar person, six-figure person, you know, what, wherever you, you want to find yourself in the social media hashtags should be. And it is in two words, innovate and automate. Innovate and automate, innovate and automate, innovate and automate. All right. Innovate is also another word for pivoting. Okay. But you always hear this thing, um, and I feel like you hear it more in the outer courts of of start of business and and things like that. And it's called um, seven seven streams of income is what the average millionaire has, right? And so people get so caught up on like, yo, like. I need seven streams of income. What I'm going to do? Like, what I'm going to do? You know, do I need to own an auto shop? Do I, do I need to buy like seven seven different commercial properties on the same block? Do I need to have a gumball machine in each one of them? Do I, like people get so bent out of shape with it. And so what we're going to do is simplify the thinking behind these streams of income. Do you actually need seven streams? And how do you innovate and automate? Quick question, Patrice. Yes. What is a stream with no water? Uh, a hole? <laughs> <laughs> a stream with no water is just a dry bed. Mm. A lot of people are living in a dry land. Stream, like they're calling it a stream, but it's dry. Okay, and then in order for it to be a stream, this is this this is what constitutes a stream to me. Mm-hmm. A stream has to be strategized, equipped. A dam could be okay. You can have a dam, which in a dam you can have everything ready for the water. Mm-hmm. Everything is set up for the water. You may not see the but water dam, yet. The water isn't moving. In the stream, the water is flowing. Right. It's continuing to flow because it comes from one source. True. So let's talk about streams of income. Okay. All right. So listen, if you do hair, okay, let's start with hair because hair is one of them things specifically in our communities that will never not be lucrative. All right. And you are the person who physically does the hair. Man, Patrice, how do I create streams of income off of that? All right, sis. So you do hair. All right. Do people have to pull up on you to bring their own hair? Ah, right, let's fix that. Why don't you sell some hair too? Does homegirl got a ball patch and you got your great great granny's um, hair growth recipe? Oh, okay. Go ahead and make some products with that. Okay, we got three streams already that we're talking. Man, the homegirl always come to you. She come to you every single month and she always want her hair did, but she never really know what she want, but she always get the same thing. Man, let's build a subscription out of that, sis. All right. Next thing, man, homegirl, we talking about the same chick, the same chick. Sometimes you got to look at your clientele to build your streams. All right. And see what it is that they need, because that is why you started a business. Anyway, you want, you are in the business of fixing people's needs. All right. 
man she talked about how she always want to do hair but she just don't know how oh did i hear education did i hear education that you can reach people near and far so man how about some webinars how about some video content how about some some tutorials people will pay for that oh man we have five streams right now sis we have five streams oh my goodness okay so sis comes all the time you already got your subscription program but can we talk about a loyalty rewards situation can we talk about affiliate marketing how about some merch we're at seven streams already we're there off of one thing that you do off of the one space that you occupy that's not to mention booth rent if you actually have the space space all right that's not to mention you know all the other different things that you could have attached to your brand People think that they have to go out here and start different businesses for streams of income, but you got one thing going for you. You need to look at the things that people can easily identify for you. If you're trying to be like, you know what, man, I wear pearls all the time. I'm about to sell some pearls. You got to think about just little stuff like that that you could just add into your brand because your brand is simply the extension of what's associated to your identity. That's you summed up that very well, and I know. <laughs> a question I do have for you is: um, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the customer or the the person who's trying to build these things. All right, those are great ideas, Patrice. How do I implement all those ideas and put them into my actual business? Implementation is the part of creating a stream that everybody leaves out. Yes. I believe everybody has great ideas, Patrice. I believe they've thought and heard half of those things. I believe they've seen somebody else do it. YouTube is around. Google is around. They've heard all those things before. They've went to the webinars. They went to their conventions. They have like put all kind of, they have seven journals. They wrote all these things that is going to happen at at the start of January. How do I implement everything you said? Who's going to be my hair supplier? Or do I need to get my homegirl to join me and we can partner up and maybe we can split it 50-50? What? what? (laughs) Because people jump to that conclusion of, I can I can't do it by myself. All right, so I got you. I got you. Listen, I know that in theory that sounds like so easy to do cuz I don't want to leave anybody on a cliffhanger of thinking like, okay, so I'm about to just go do this cuz you talked about your seven streams. No, sis, the first thing you were doing was doing hair. And whether you are a kitchen hairstylist or you are in somebody's salon or you in your own salon, the thing that was making you money first was doing hair. If you jumped off the boat of doing hair just to go make t-shirts, you got the wrong idea. (laughs) Go back to where you were. Go back. Because what was working for you was working. That And so that furthermore proves my point because the reason I brought up all the different streams is because people get hell-bent on the different streams. People get hell-bent on, I need to do this to be successful. If all you are doing is a crimped quick-weave ponytail and the girls love it, you need to keep doing your crimped um, quick-weave ponytail because I need you to be known as the chick who does the crimped quick-weave ponytail in the city we need that to be for you because word of mouth is absolutely the best marketing it should not be your first uh your first um i don't think it should be your first like attempt or your first um initial attempt at marketing is like hey girl go tell your homegirls because some people ain't gonna go tell their homegirls but I believe that repetition is what breeds word of mouth marketing and word of mouth marketing, it travels so much faster than any other type of marketing. 
ma'am, that is called a niche. Yes. So you have yes. to find your niche. Yes. You have yes. to go f- and, and, and find that zero down to the very thing that you do. Because hair is broad. Mm-hmm. You could be a barber. You could be a uh, somebody who does cornrows, whatever, you know, wigs. You could do a lot of things in hair. But specifically, what in the hair industry do you do best? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to zero down because it's, so broad to jump from one place to the other to the other and they think i saw it they're doing forex trading if i do forex trading and i do hair and i do i just say can we all have like the ambition of a forex trader you know what you know what so aggressive (laughs) but this is the thing about somebody has made them buy in and believe into that thing and they, forex they trading forex trading works yeah forex trading is not a gimmick yeah forex trading um just like the the iced tea ladies who be jumping up with like hey i lost 10 pounds yeah you know it, it, it works mm-hmm. um i'm not saying it doesn't what i'm saying is that it's not yours mm-hmm. and since it's not yours you get ignored because it's like yeah i can find out on my own thank you very much <laughs> go about your day because but Back to niching down. I don't want to lose my train of thought on that. When you niche down, you're able to find your community. You're able to find the people who are looking for you. People who are specific like, hey, I've been rocking yeah. these kind of, this kind of haircut my whole life. Mm-hmm. I, you are expert on ball fades. Mm-hmm. I want you. You know, come cut my hair. Or if you, um, let's say in the world of, I don't, I don't know, making cakes. You specialize in wedding cakes. Yeah. You don't specialize in poo-poo. Poo-poo. Uh, you don't specialize in pookie and them's, you know, regular, regular birthday cake that they want, that they she drew it out and she said, I want you to put Elmo on it. You specialize on wedding cakes because you saw that, hey, I can make $1,500 off of a cake Man. doing this. And you can, sis, if you're thinking about it, I'm letting you know you can. Instead of doing all these $20, $50 cakes and I get 100 people to pay me, I get $2,000 after 100, you know, orders. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. But one order, it get me Mm $1,500. What's the smarter thing to do, sis? Pivot. Mm -hmm. I do wedding cakes and wedding cakes alone. Mm -hmm. You're you're not secluded yourself. You've niched down. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't want to niche down because they feel like if I'm doing 100 things even slightly right... I'm doing something all the way right. Mm. So I'd rather pick and choose here and there. The all difference the between busyness and business. Right. So I am everywhere. But if I ask you, what do you do? Yeah. And you can't tell me in one sentence, you're not doing what you need to be doing. Mm. Because at that point, you're either this discovery mode. And in discovery mode, that bar, just you, you're just circling. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the signal. And it's not being found. Your customer's confused. I'm confused. I don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. And I can't purchase nothing from you. At the very least, have somewhere to where I can purchase something from you. Mm -hmm. Because that lets me know that you're serious about your business. Because if it's a business, guess what you have to have? A product or a service. service. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. So, um... Man, Tweety, that was good. 
I, I I like I like when you I like when you do what you what you do with that I like I like that. <laughs> I like, now that was that was really good. Um, man, that was some straightening. I, I like that. So here's the thing: focus on your one stream until that stream makes other streams and makes room for other streams. We want to make sure that the the source of of the flow is continuing um, before you start, you know, bouncing off different things. But also. I know people are probably listening to this and be like, okay, Tweety and Patrice, like y'all do a little a little bit of this and a little bit of that and all of these things. Um, well, how are you sitting up here telling me to focus on one thing? What if I want to do my crimp ponytails, but I also want to do golf clubs and I also want to sell jelly beans? Like, how are you, who are you to tell me I can't do all three? Thank you for that question, um, Joffrey. No, Beatrice. 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 Um, Oh, no, conscience. <laughs> thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for that conscience. But I'm gonna clear it out for you. Okay, this is the thing. Um, ain't no problem with the little razzle dazzle. Mm-hmm. The razzle dazzle has to work. Mm-hmm. If it, what I mean by working is that it's not pulling you away from the very, the the very thing that is bringing in, I guess, the biggest stream. You have multiple streams. There's a little stream somewhere. There's a big stream somewhere. There's a puddle. there's a puddle. There's a drip. <laughs> there's like a, there's a dry bed that you're like one day I'm gonna get it there. there you're setting yourself up. Yeah. You can't have like you can't think that all of them are gonna be set up in one day. Mm-hmm. Let me let me help you do some um, Instagram research for yourself. Go find somebody who is um, quote unquote famous. Or has a business. Um, let's say they have. Make sure they're around a hundred thousand to four hundred thousand uh, followers or subscribers, and go click on their business page and see exactly how many people you're gonna find on at least fifty percent of those people. You're gonna find people who have high engagement, meaning that in their personal profile or in their uh, business profile, it looks the part. But you'll go to the business page or what they're selling you, whether it's a T-shirt, makeup, whatever, water for some people, and you'll see 2,000 followers. You'll see crickets. And you're like, dang, you have, for somebody with such high engagement, I would expect everybody to be running to buy your stuff. But sometimes people don't understand. Follow. I, I said it in the previous uh, episode. Followers do not equate to dollars. You have to be able to strategize from the jump. People wait till they jumped to create the business. By then, people say, I want your jokes, not your shirt. Thank you very much. Oh, my goodness. Joffrey. I was, I was trying to help. Oh, my God. My conscience is not clear. I am, oh, I love when you talk like that. <laughs> but honestly, like, you know, it because... Everybody wants to feel a, a piece of being wanted, yes. whether it's personally, whether it's in business. That's why you got an Instagram yeah. is to be seen. Yeah. It's not to hide. If you hiding, you're just doing it because you're seeing other people and you're being, and you're, being <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just you're incognito. Mm-hmm. At that point, what service do you like? What, what purpose do you serve mm-hmm. at that point? You don't need it. Like, what, what are you doing? Um, but I think that when you're on there and you're pushing your brand, you're pushing your personal stuff, you're, you're, you're really going for what you've been called to, you're in the marketplace, you're going to know how to stand up and say, hey, I am selling speakers. Anybody who's a musician, I'm out here. Mm-hmm. 
selling speakers. I have no problem that uh, with with Beats. Beats is doing great, but these are my 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 Tweety ones, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're just as good as anything out uh, out there. I don't have to be for anybody. Yeah. Um. But as we close out on the business tip, because this is just free game that we just man we're expanding expounding on. That it's just man. I wish I knew this when we were starting. Because you can get so lost doing the thing you think you're doing is right. You can get lost thinking you're doing something right. Instead, you're leading yourself further away from that very thing. What do you do? Stick to that. What do you do consistently? You're building that foundation. That foundation becomes a house. Before you know it, you might want another house. Because what you could do with one brand, you could do with another and another and another, but if one hasn't taken off, how are you gonna do seven? Yeah, yeah. Take off with one first, and we're gonna end it on that and jump straight into relationship talk. All right, Joffrey. Ay, my God. Hey, so this is your auntie conscience, um, not conscience, conscience. And uh, I wanted to talk because Joffrey can be so, so, so protective. I wanted to talk about territorial men, territorial men, all right, and what it could mean um, when you have a man that is very protective what the world thinks of that and toxic muscle, masculine, masculine, no jack and masculinity. I must say I have slapped a couple of people before in my life. Okay, let's now let's clear that up. Okay. <laughs> I'm playing. But if somebody do anything to harm my wife or do anything to like really in front of me or behind me like talk to to talk bad about her in a way where it's derogatory anything like that i don't mind going up in arms for my wife or my child and i I have no apologies for that like i i love jesus and i do believe this is the statement where i would say i have hands too and that's that and they work Mm -hmm. just fine I ain't used them in a while, but they work. Because at, at that point, you don't respect me. You don't respect my wife. You don't respect, you know, my son. Like, what is we doing? I'm going to protect my family. And that would be the absolute last thing I would want to do. I just, I do not promote violence. I do not support violence. But if it gets to that point where somebody is coming after mine, hands. Jonathan, can we get some iced tea? Thank you. Um, so let's go ahead and clear up what we're talking about for relationships, okay? Because I know Tweety just went ahead and uh, I don't know if it was a disclaimer. I don't know if it was just inform- information uh, for your everyday life. Um, don't know if he was doing the benediction. Don't know <laughs> the energy he was giving, but but he was very clear. Um, but pretty much we're talking about what what is considered territorial and what is considered toxic um and in a relationship um there was a video we came across a few weeks ago about a man who was saying that you know people are men not people are so afraid of being labeled as toxically masculine or having toxic masculinity and they 
they completely lose like the ownership and the authority in their house because they don't want to be titled as someone who um, is that way. And so pretty much saying, you know, like, you know, um, some people will say it's aggressive to or um, what do they say? Controlling to do certain things um, in the the household. And also, I just kind of want to touch on the narrative of like what is considered controlling and all those things. I want to I want to bring it full circle because we've been together eight years, eight years, I guess. Yeah, you're turning 28 this year. Yeah. So um, when we first started dating, the absolute stereotype of what we both represent was what um, a lot of people who love us believed that the other person was going to get. Okay, so a lot of people who love Tweety um, saw that he was dating a um, African American woman <laughs> and believed that she was going to be all the things, right? Like all the things that all our aunties name can be. Um, and so a lot of people who loved me believed that I was going to date someone who um, was a controlling African man. And I want us to touch on um, the stereotype, what could be true, what's not true. Um, and overall, like, what is, uh, I guess, what works for us, uh, so to speak. Oh, wow, this is a great topic because I feel like it's, it's people don't really talk about this kind of stuff out here. Um, but I believe that for me, um, I have no problem standing on my manhood on who I am, what I stand for, and and being able to protect my household and being able to to say that, yeah, uh, I, I want to know what's going on at all times with, with my wife because I would want the same thing on the other end. Um, but I believe that some we have started to apologize for being men. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the notion of like, the things that were supposed to be like applauded by women, applauded by other men, of like, man, that's a standout man, like that's a Christian man, that's a a bold man, he's standing for something, is now like, oh man, like we don't do that no more. We not in that age no more. So can we talk culturally about what some people could be saying when they have said that African men could be, well, what are the things that people say that African men could be and what is true of that? Um, people have said African men could be rude, uh, very straightforward, um, obnoxious, uh, demanding, degrading, stinky. Um, um, I mean, people kind of put us as like the low used to, (laughs) used to put African men specific, uh, used to put African men, especially as like the lower totem of black men things didn't change nowadays to where everybody looking for that foreign wow everybody and their mama is looking for that foreign they don't need nobody (laughs) yeah like you know uh like african men are are highly sought off nowadays but in the past um, it was looked at as a oh you a booty scratcher oh you are this and we all scratch our booty all of us scratch our booty Tweety right right um, and if you say you don't I believe you don't take showers I truly believe you don't take showers but anyways back to <laughs> back to where I was uh, <laughs> uh, so why would someone think or assume or, you know, and I'm pretty sure it could be true in any case for any man that African men are controlling. Why would they believe that? 
Um, because African men will state their their African commandments. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are the African commandments? You will not leave the house at five. <laughs> you must eat my fufu. <laughs> my my tradition is to be a man. Your tradition is to stay home, make babies. Oh, shut up. Many, many babies. Shut up. And, you know, so it's, this even happened recently. So I joke a lot and I've joked in public on social media and all those things about how Tweety wants to get me pregnant again. Um, and it's a joke. And if you actually know us in person and you know us and you've experienced this, like, what did you say? It's not in our heart right now. For that to happen. It's not in both of our either <laughs> of our hearts right now for that to be happening. But um pretty much just we are having a very uh healthy uh healthy physical marriage post baby is pretty much what I'm trying to say with that. But um <laughs> people have approached me and be like, Oh, I bet he does want to get you pregnant and you know them African men, you know they you know they you know. that is true um that is a very true thing um i don't know how else to say it but african men just built different they are are known for i mean high high libido they are like it's honest like this has been documented in the history books like you remember when we were dating and you were reading articles about you know specific kenyan men or different type of tribes like yeah but what did it say Mm -hmm. that's what they were i do believe that that's where a lot of the um aggressiveness comes from is that the dominance african men are naturally dominant Individuals, I believe black men are also dominant. Mm-hmm. And so the aggressive nature of an African man is that he's unapologetic on what he said. And he's not going to really hear that from the world. The world's going to be like, oh, man, there goes the ape. All right, so let me ask you this. How does it feel as a man or how do you feel as a man or how do other men feel um, about loving a strong woman? Um, I love it personally. Uh, we had a recent conversation on how other men view Patrice and how she may come across. And I, I told her that if you're not able to take in a strong woman, that means that you're not a strong man. So a lot of people, you know, I think for me, what I've learned is that not only do you make me strong or better, but you equip me. And you, uh, if, if I was missing an armor, you're going to put it back on me. And you're not going to be, like, shy about it. You're going to be like, nah, man, you, you missed that. Come on, let's go. Um, and, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I married you is because I saw that you were not going to sit on the sideline or you're going to, you know, be like, well, I'm just going to sit over here and we're we not going to get to it. It was like equally we both want to see the best out of each other. And so when you have a strong woman beside you like you are, what happens is that you only elevate every day because they're putting that bar up that much higher. Like, no, nah, she she deserves this. She deserves better. She deserves this and that. Like, you know, like you find different ways to take that challenging stuff. And like, I mean, it's it's super duper attractive to me. So I, I like it. Okay, so um, but there's been so many conversations about, you know, like, the you know strong women women who who have masculine energy I, I guess this how some people will see it um uh women who are you know um 
kinder and gentler and things like that. Um, but my thing is this. In what cases are men intimidated by women? And why? There's some men who uh, <laughs> who don't want to be questioned forget challenged there's there are men who their word is bond Mm -hmm. i said that the sky is blue or i said that the sky is red the sky is red what is the sky patrice and somebody can say red no you should be saying it's blue but i feel like the challenge the challenge that men get when they meet um i guess we can call it alpha female is that Mm -hmm. is that a thing or alpha female um is that you don't know how to communicate or face the challenges of being asked specific questions about a plan you had. It's your plan, and she asking you a question about it. Shouldn't you have an answer? Shouldn't you know what to say and how to say it? Right, right, right. And so sometimes what is deemed annoying by, I guess, a man who is looking at a, a, a female or a wife that is asking certain questions or standing up and being like, that don't make no sense, is the intimidation comes from you're thinking better than me. You are everything that I was told to avoid in a woman because I was told to get a woman who's submissive. But submissive is simply being able to um, adhere to not just instructions, but to like walk together and work together. Men have to be submissive in, in their own way in the marriage as well, mm-hmm. not to just the wife, but to to Christ. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. You know, if you can't be submissive to Christ, if you can't submit to Him, then who are you submitting to? Yeah. So I'm a submissive woman. Um, I'm also a strong woman. I'm also a woman who's opinionated. I'm also a woman who um, loves to work side by side with my husband. And I love for us to walk in agreement. And I rather us work together in agreement than to work um, separately on different things and not get anywhere. And so um, with that being said, like we don't necessarily, I think the world would say gender roles. Um, I don't think we necessarily have a specific thing that I do around the house and a specific thing that Tweety does um, around the house. There are things that we do because we both have to get things done. And so Tweety, you know, will will care for our son and everything like that. And it's not on a, you know, this is my leftover energy. Let me play with the baby. It's on a, no, this is my son, you know, which he posted the cutest, most adorable nighttime routine uh, because he bathed them today. And y'all should all check it out at Slept on Tweet. Um, But don't hop in them DMs because, you know. I, I would just hate for that to be the last message you sent anyway. Um, but you know, like Tweety will get in there and cook because we got to eat, not because of anything like super cute. And it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll get in there and cook because I got to eat. We have to eat, you know, um, there are certain things like, you know, Hey, I don't take out the trash. I don't mess with the car stuff and everything like that. Yeah. I don't put my gas. Um, but you know, I believe that there's different ways we help one another out. If he drops something and I pick it up, it's not, oh, my gosh, look, look, he has her whips. Look, <laughs> look, all of a sudden, you know, look at what she's doing and look at how she must feel about herself. And I think people 
it's it's so crazy to me the people that have so much time to to size up someone else's relationship and to size up how that those people communicate and how they are and who they are because people want to create some sort of chaos in somebody's life and have you ever thought man maybe it just is what it looked like why is that so hard to accept i think that the term misery loves company is true in this case in that um, there's nothing that anybody else, any other woman could do that will impress me more than what my wife could do. And what, what I mean by that is that everything that I need is found in her. And this is a growth journey. I feel like marriage is growth, like times 50 on a day-to-day on even a bad day, you're growing <laughs> because ultimately what you're learning is how to deal with each other, how to cover each other, like how to get that umbrella and be like, man, like th- this not the day for you, but like I'm here with you. <laughs> right, I am right. here with you. Nobody going to see you like this. Yeah. If yeah. you're not able to do that in the public, what I mean by the public, it might be the person that you talk to the most who's not your, your person. Mm-hmm. And you let something bad come out of your mouth about your person, your husband, your wife, mm-hmm. to somebody else. What's going to happen is that slowly but surely that you might have forgot and forgave that person. Yeah, man. Yeah. But that the person you went to give the tea to yep. is not forgiving. They ain't forgot. And they're going to bring it up at the oddest time. And that's where the division comes in. It's so small. It's a sliver. And... um what I found important in marriage is to consistently be in sync with my wife. We know we want I want to know everything about everything. Not so that, you know, I'm all up in your business, but you are my business. <laughs> I am your business. There's nothing toxic about that. We are one. If we are one, I, I don't know that we're putting on shoes. It's time to put on shoes, right? We're heading out the door. It's time to head out the door. And I think the toxic mix comes when manipulation kicks in. Yeah. When you start to manipulate each other in the relationship. And what's worse than manipulation man, Manipulation is when you are silent about, about topics, when you're silent about conversations, and you let them fester. Mm. Manipulation could be seen. It could be heard. And it could be like, no, I know what that is. No, I'm done. Yeah. We need to fix that. Right. But the silence mm-hmm. on, uh, on, on certain topics and you let the enemy, like, build his case mm-hmm. for y'all relationship, for your marriage, man, it could, eat, it could eat up so fast, so quick. So I believe being able to have the hard conversations will help you um, even grow a tighter bond to where you don't have to go share your tea. Your tea can stay in your cup. Yeah. Because nothing is unfigureoutable. Nothing is unfigureoutable. Nothing. Everything is figureoutable. If you are in a marriage, if you're in a, um, no, I'm just going to say, if you're in a marriage, if you are at that place of like, you know, you're frustrated about something, no matter what it is, no matter how embarrassing or crazy it sounds, bring it up to the person that you, you lay with. Bring it up to the person that you love. That's your partner. That's the person that's going to be on the front lines with you. That's the person that that prays for you. There, there have been times I have just been like completely out of whack, 
and not knowing up from down and I'm like just pray for me please just 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 cover me real quick I don't know I, I can't even articulate to you what I'm feeling but I just want you to pray for me like pray for my soul pray for my my heart pray for my peace because I ain't got it right now you know no matter what that is talk about those things talk about how often y'all want to have sex a week or a day if you you about that life you know like 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 talk about those things like everything should be in agreement every single thing because one person might be like hey look i could go (laughs) (laughs) and the other person be like look i could go too to sleep like you know the enemy wants to keep you in the bed before marriage and out of the bed in marriage you know Mm, so you know like i I heard it on twitter i you know i believe in giving props what they're due i wish more people felt that way but anyway (laughs) um you know like i I believe that and so you know it's no surprise to when before marriage you can't keep your, you can't keep your hands off me like it is no surprise but then all of a sudden when you are married like you sleepy you tired man I, I didn't been up with the baby I didn't did this I didn't did that you know you put a little happy weight on and you real happy and y'all both got happy weight on you know and and you know you're like man how could you want me when i put on this extra 30 pounds or i don't even feel attractive with this on or i can't even do what i used to do um talk about those things talk about those things talk about those things talk about those things it's not off limits don't talk to your homegirl about it your homegirl not you know hope hope you know she not (laughs) she's not she going home to her man and rather deal with her issues than anything else. So anyway, y'all, we're going to close up the podcast on today, on today, on this episode. Um, and we're going to add a little text. This is the part of the podcast where we um, just share with you guys some things we came up on this week, some wisdom, some free games, some tips, um, just anything that can help you. Um, that means that we added up everything from this podcast and we just added a little bit more. We added a little bit more. Y'all need to pay it. And you pay it in the form of a review. You pay it in the form of sharing it with your homegirl, sharing it with your granny them. You pay it in the form of visiting www.hustleblendswithaz.com. All right. You play you pay it in the form of following hustle blends or following either one of us on um social media you pay it in the form of buying our books you pay it in the form of just simply subscribing to this podcast and every monday morning getting your daily dosage your weekly dosage of million dollar conversations all right sweetie go ahead and hit us with some ad tags it's all about the benjamins uh, for my ad tags and uh, Patrice had started reading this book that my mom had, um, I guess, gave you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Money Diaries, Money Diaries by uh, Lindsay Stanberry. And she had like these bars. I mean, the whole book is just financially, it could take you from zero to a million. Mm-hmm. And if you had a million, it could take you from a million to 10 million, mm-hmm. um, just in mindset. Um, and it was, uh, it said that money is emotional. How many of us really take that in? That the reason why we don't do the things we need to do with our money correctly is because we're emotional about it. I'd rather not know about my balance, so I'm not going to check my account. I'm just going to chill out, and I'm going to swipe. 
and it went through. Thank you, God. I'm out of here. But, you know, at the end of the month, there's going to be something waiting for you, a fee. Um, and then she also talked about um, two questions that I wanted to ask just to extend the pod a little bit longer because I feel like they need this. They need this tax. Um, I want to ask you, Patrice, how did your childhood impact how you view money? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I tell Sweetie all the time that I used to think that I couldn't go to certain stores. I used to think I couldn't buy certain things, all because my parents, I'm not going to specify which one, (laughs) would be like, no, that's high. No, we don't do that. We do not go to racetrack. The gas is high. We don't go. And so I became fearful of spending money in certain ways, but not fearful of spending money in other ways. Because the thing about it is people always act so scared to spend money on one thing, but they spend that same money they would have spent on that one thing that they're on something else. They eat it. You know what I'm saying? They eat it. They ride with it. They they spend it on something else that feels temporarily and cheaply fulfilling. And so my thing is, like, don't cheap out on something when the same amount of money is going to be spent. You know? Well, thank you. So I'm going to ask one last question to you because I feel like this tax is just, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, can you describe what real wealth means to you? Real wealth is, um, I think real wealth is understanding the game of money. So many of us, I'm saying us, are just trying to simply graduate to the place of obtaining more money. But until you obtain more money, the person who makes $75,000 a year but spends 65000 of it is poorer than the person who makes $45,000 a year and spends 20000 of it. Because it's about how much you keep. It's about how much you keep and where you put that money at. What you keep and where you keep it at. And so I think that wealth is the understanding of a dollar. Not like, you know, they always say, like, getting a dollar. No, it's it's understanding a dollar, the meaning of a dollar, um, and where you put it. I like that. And just to close it out, to me, wealth is the ability of being able to have options and choices. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, time is the most valuable asset you have. Mm-hmm. So what money affords you and learning how it moves and um goes is that you'll be able to have options and a say in what you want to do (laughs) instead of what you gonna do Mm -hmm. that's it all right y'all so i'm gonna go ahead and add tax and mine is just going to be very 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 simple and it's a question did you pray about it all right y'all have a great day take care of yourself (laughs) we love y'all bye